Hello everyone. Welcome to my show Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, C-suite executives and leaders and allies who provide insights and wisdom from their personal journeys to inspire you. And this is your host Priyanka Komla. And to our listeners to subscribe to us by following me Priyanka Komla and our Career Startup Podcast page for our LinkedIn live notifications. We're also on YouTube Twitter at Pod Startup and your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Today, I have with me a special guest who is joining us from London, Diana Osagi, who is a leadership coach. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Thank you, Diana. And to our listeners, let's talk a little bit about who Diana is. She's a leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of the Academy of Women's Leadership, specializing in supporting women. to grow the leadership cultures of their organizations and to flourish as leadership as leaders established in confidence she has over 16 years of experience leading secondary education and she's one of the best women leaders out in the town so i decided we need to introduce diana to our career startup podcast listeners it's just a pleasure to be here and i'm i'm really honored and it's great to be counted as an ally of the podcast and to be with you Priyanka so I'm I'm really looking forward to this next 30 minutes with you and your listeners. Thank you Diana and Diana is a wonderful ally having known her for a little bit of time. She's such an amazing woman who's elevating other women to be great leaders and that's the best part about bringing her onto the show today. I'm going to focus on how do we become great leaders so by the end of the podcast you have some actionable insights on how to be a best version of yourself as a leader. So are you up for a Diana? Definitely. Let's let's do this. Let's begin. Awesome. So Diana, let me start from your childhood. You know, you grew up in England and some of the fond memories that we were talking about was, you know, playing pop songs and hanging out with your siblings. So tell us a little bit about who the real Diana is. The real Diana. She's a fun-loving woman who had a great childhood. in that we had what i would call a poverty of circumstance we didn't have the, the, the most money we didn't go on fancy holidays sometimes i had to wear my mother's clothes to school cuz i didn't have my own that kind of thing so there was a poverty of circumstance but there wasn't a poverty of love nor was there a poverty of expectation so we loved we played we had great fun we had to make our own fun cuz we couldn't afford to buy fun in So I have wonderful memories of myself and my brother. I have a sister as well. And we used to play, I don't know if you know this WWF. It's a kind of wrestling federation. We take a character each and play on the bed jumping off the bed. One time my brother broke my sister's collarbone cuz he he threw her onto the bed as a body slam. She bounced off and landed on the floor. That kind of thing. We were always up to something. Playing. We used to um put jumpers on our heads to pretend it was long hair and then sing to pop songs and this is in the 80s when you know in the 70s where pop songs were raging and it was just i have such fond memories of growing up and i lived in south london at the time in a relatively poor area and you know went to local school and we just made our own fun we made our own way we we found things to entertain ourselves and enjoy life to the full so we didn't know that we had a poverty of circumstance we thought everybody was like that we didn't know that it wasn't normal to not have a holiday or to not have you know things in the house as such but i i i really enjoyed 
being a child. And I'm grateful to my parents that we didn't have to grow up too quickly. We had childhood. And I'll, I'll always thank them for that. I love your perspective, Diana. It's the constraints that you had in your life, but you still had that perspective as a young child to have fun in your own way. And it's one of the best perspectives, I believe, because in the challenging COVID times, everybody thinks about, hey, this is the new normal, but I want to get back to our the old normal. What advice would you have for us to regain perspectives in our life? Goodness me, I would say going back to the old normal. You know, this has been a difficult time, this, this COVID and the whole world having to stop. I mean, when was the last time that ever happened? But in our lifetime, take it as an opportunity. So I've even thought to myself, there are things that I've had to do now that I would never have dreamed of doing. There were always lofty ambitions or things that were just too difficult to do. I've had to learn how to use technology to just to do very simple things. I've had to learn how to enjoy my own space again, just to enjoy being just myself and my husband in the house again and, and not having those constant intrusions um, into our lives that were quite normal before, just having that quiet reflective space. So I would say to people, embrace the good parts of this normal and take them forward when we come out of this situation. Don't just automatically go back to what you knew then. You've, you've learned so much. Don't discard the learning. Take it with you. What wasn't working? Don't go back to that for sure. Why would you? It doesn't make any sense. What wasn't working? Leave that in the past. Create your new normals. Create your new stance. And be courageous and say, you know what? I'm going to keep going forward in this vein. We came here unwillingly. But now we are here, there are things we're going to take forward with us. So I would say maintain what has been great, improve what you need to and change what you don't want. I mick all the time, M-I-C, maintain, improve and change. I love that analogy and thank you for that quick abbreviation, M-I-C. Uh, you know, that's the attitude that we need. And I'm so glad you bring a lot of energy to the show. So thank you for doing that for us today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit energetic. <laughs> I'm definitely like that. It's, um, I, I get passionate about the things that, that I, I value and leadership and helping people to find their greatness. And it sounds like a lofty ambition, but honestly, if you're working in an office, you can have your greatness on show right there. If you're the head of the office, you can have your greatness on show. It doesn't about, it's not about your position. It's about your stance in your position. And that's what gets me fired up. So that's why I was so happy and eager to do this podcast with you, the Curry Up Startup podcast, because I wanted to just share with people who are willing to listen. Listen, you can show and maximise your potential right where you are. You don't have to wait till you become a different version of yourself. As you're making improvements, as you're upskilling, upgrading, don't criticise the current version of yourself. Live your life. Don't wait to live. Don't wait to be great. Be great right where you are and then carry that forward as you move. That's a great advice, Diana. Thanks for that. And that brings me to another important aspect of being kind and compassionate to ourselves and to the people around us. 
what is one takeaway that you would have to our listeners in terms of implementing more feelings of compassion and kindness in our daily lives gosh i i did this um i have a golden nuggets webinar and there's and i say to the people who are on the on the webinar four of these nuggets will change your leadership two will change your life i'm going to share one of them that talks about that self-compassion and it's this for the next month 28 days do not criticize yourself don't criticize yourself with your thoughts with your mouth or with your actions if you can't manage 28 days do one week so today is tuesday say to yourself i will not criticize myself until next week tuesday things like oh i could never wear makeup oh i look terrible without my makeup oh i can't wear bright colors i can never work with numbers i can't do data i can't i stop having that narrative that's internal and you're constantly criticizing yourself and you don't even realize you're doing it. Oh, I could never work with children. Oh, I can only do this. In my family, we never do that. We are always sick. In my family, we're always, we're all, don't do that to yourself. If somebody spoke to you that way, kept on criticizing you, putting you down, you would leave them and not be their friend anymore. You wouldn't tolerate it from someone else, but because it's internal, you not only tolerate it, you perpetuate it, you live it, you have a coalition with it, you collaborate with that negative narrative. And what it does, it reinforces the internal glass ceiling. There's already a glass ceiling for everyone to go through in terms of promotion, in terms of work and moving forward in life. But then we carry around an internal glass ceiling that's been formed through our own internal narrative. Just give yourself a break. One week. Just say, when you start to do it, when you think it, when you hear those thoughts, just say, Diana said, I'm not to criticise myself until next week, Tuesday. Your life will begin to change. You will begin to internally breathe because you give yourself a chance. No criticism. If you can take it one step further, replace the criticism with praise. Internal praise for yourself. Rather than being your own saboteur, your own enemy, become your own advocate, your own praise team, your own cheerleader and say, I look great today. Does my bum look big in this? Yes, it does, and I look great. Can I do data? I can do it, I'm gonna give it my best, I can, I'm gonna try. Replace the criticism with internal praise. Do it for seven days. Come back and tell me you don't feel better. I know you will. You know what, I'm gonna give that a try <laughs> because being grateful about a lot of things in our life and stopping negativity from sinking you i think that's very critical just to be happy in our daily lives right you don't have to be sulking in resentment all the time just because of the pandemic and other crises that are happening around you and 
uh, I'm going to come back to you. I'm, I feel more accountable and <laughs> good in terms of incorporating daily practices of being compassionate just towards ourselves. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about leadership. Because one critical aspect, you know, apart from being self-compassionate is how do you nurture your relationships with people around you? What is one advice would you have for leaders and just in our daily lives to invest in relationships, nurture and build them on a daily basis? So there's a couple of things on that. I would say this, have this thought in your mind. And this is one of the seven courageous statements that I've written for leaders. One of them is this. I can work on my own. I can work with others. I can work through others. And as a leader, whatever you're doing, whenever you're doing it, just assess quickly, 20 seconds, should I be working on my own? Should I be working through people? Should I be working with people? Because if you get in that out of balance, the relationships will not be healthy enough. So, and I'm, I was guilty of this. I would be as head teacher of the secondary school. There'll be things I'll be doing because I think I can do it. It's quicker if I do it. I'm gonna get the quality I want if I do it. I don't have to explain it to anybody. It'd take me too long to explain. But actually what begins to happen is people resent that you keep the good stuff for yourself because you get to do that and they get to do the things that don't matter. So it, this matters. I want it done well, but I can do it through that team that group of people, that other person. So I would say assess how much time you spend doing things on your own when actually that is a team thing. That should be through teams or with teams. And I found the more senior I became as a leader, the less I worked on my own. And that people, it's a counterintuitive thing because people think, you know, the more senior you become, the more lonely leadership is. No. Being lonely in leadership is a choice. Do not make that choice. You know? That's a great way of looking at leadership, Diana, because most of the times when I've interviewed amazing leaders across the C-suite, everybody feels leadership is lonely. You know, it's like being at the top of the hill and nobody really understands what you go through. And your perspective about you know, leadership is an art of delegation and working with a team and that feeling of loneliness doesn't have to define a successful leader. No, it is an absolute choice. And it's one that I made and I regretted and I had to change my leadership style. And people equate working with people as some sort of weakness. It is the opposite. That is when you have strength, when you have diversity around your team, when you have strategic allies and partners, you are stronger. You have strategic advantage, not a disadvantage. It is not a weak stance. Yes, of course, you must think strategically, think deeply, read widely, absolutely. But bring that thinking and that reading and that knowledge to the teams and build them up and let them run with it. And I have this saying, it is fine for the right answer to come out of someone else's mouth. It does not have to come out of your mouth because if other people are getting it right under your leadership, it's a win-win, surely. You know, that's, that's success for a leader, right? The leader doesn't have to have right answers, but you need to create a team that can 
think strategically within the parameters of the vision that you have and implement, you know, that's the success of a leader. Absolutely. So it, don't do it on your own. Why would you? <laughs> um, bring your teams on. If you haven't got a team directly in front of you, we now have the phenomenal thing called the internet. There are forums and think groups and teams across the world that you can tap into, speak with, bounce ideas off. So honestly, to work on your own in this day and age is not a smart choice. You know, that feeling of community needs to always be with you, no matter where you are. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick moment to acknowledge some of our listeners who have tuned in and have shared some thoughts. We have uh, Anu Bhatt, who's joining us from Princeton, New Jersey. Hi, Anu. Welcome to the show. We have Satya K, who says, wonderful interview. Very inspiring. Thank you, Satya. We have Shahida Motivala who says Diana smashes it out as always and uh, looking forward to your Golden Nuggets webinar, which is a, a big hit across all leaders. So thank you, Shahida, for joining us as well. Now, Diana, let's talk a little bit more about one of the philosophies that you believe in, which is go where you are wanted. What advice would you have for us to really be in places where people want you in your life rather than trying to hold back to our task? Yeah. When I'm coaching leaders, I say this, if you do not know your strengths, if you are hesitant, shy, and, un and unable to articulate your strengths, then you won't know the value that you're sitting on. And if you don't know the value that you have, the value that you bring, people can misuse your talent anyhow. So when you know who you are, what you can do, what your potential is and what you bring, then you'll realize that it's valued in this organization or not. But if you are unaware of your own value, then you can't expect other people to value what you don't know about yourself. So first of all, there has to be that self-awareness. And it's not about boasting, it's not about you know um, promoting yourself, it's about understanding the value that you bring to an organization. I bring a perspective that is like this. I bring experience that is based on this. I bring not just my master's degree or my qualifications, but I bring this asset to the company. And then you've got to let those who have influence in the company know they have a diamond right there in front of them. Again, if they don't know because systems have overlooked you, whatever, and you've promoted, and people can see that you're great, but yet you are not celebrated or you're not valued, but you are tolerated. I will say then it's up to you to move. It is not your boss's um, responsibility to make, make sure you make it in life. Yes, it is for them to help with that process. It is advantageous to them to help with that project, but it's not their ultimate responsibility. Their company doesn't exist to promote your lifestyle or to promote your career. You have to take charge of that. You have to be willing to say, it's valuable enough for me to invest in it, to think about it, to promote it and to grow it. If you have reasons to stay where you are tolerated, 
then at least own that, at least admit that. I'm staying here, I'm tolerated, I'm not celebrated, I'm tolerated, no one thinks I'm an asset, but I choose to stay, at least own it. And don't say, well, you know, it's their fault. It's not their fault. You are tolerating that situation. Either move or, to, or stay there and own the situation. You know, it goes to say that you're responsible for your life, right? You need to take ownership and you can't really depend on somebody else who's going to have your best interests all the time. I mean, that's it. And I say to you, the company does not exist to promote you. Even if it's a wonderful charity and they've got a wonderful ethos, their, their raison d'etre, their reason for being is not to promote Diana's career. That's Diana's agenda. And if our values align, I will work with you so that our agendas are both promoted together. My life chances, your organization, and we work in tandem. But if our values don't align, what I bring is not valued, then I have to go elsewhere. It's, it's quite simple when you take the emotion out of it. But if you've been there for ages and you love, it's like a family and all that stuff, fine, but at least own it. You know, be truthful with yourself as to why you're there. You don't like it, but it's comfortable for you. At least own it. You bring up a very good point about separating the emotions from the actual issue. What is one way you personally handle taking out the emotions from a situation? I have this another courageous statement, and it's this one, because often when people get emotional at work, it's all, you know, fraught. There's a fear underlying that. And I say this, I will always feel fear, always but I will limit the influence fear has on my thoughts, on my speech, and on my actions. Fear is there, fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of all sorts of things. However, you have to then actively limit what fear makes you say, what fear makes you do, what fear makes you think. Once you acknowledge there's something there I can't even put a name to it, but it, I think it's got some anxiety for me. If fear is too strong a word, use the word anxiety, use the word concern. But I'm going to limit the influence that concern has on me and what I do, what I say, where I go, where I don't go. You know, and that's one way of bringing your emotions into a place where you have better control. There'll never be a day of complete control because we're human and people push our buttons, right? But there, you can bring yourself to a place what I call just stability. You know, you're neither, it's not a bipolar sort of thing. You're not crazily happy or manically depressed. You're kind of stable, you know, and that's what you want to be in the workplace, stable, able to process what's going on, think objectively about an email came through it's made you mad you're really upset there's something in there what do you do fire an email back not the best way go and talk to the person about it not yet just sit and think this has come i feel this way about it acknowledge how you feel whatever it is now what should i do 
then what am I going to do? If you don't do it that way, if you fire off, you're going to always have strife, always, whether it be at work or at home. It's the same thing because leadership is about master relationship building. Good leaders are masters of building relationships. Relationships come with issues and problems, but good leaders know how to build. So those relationships are able to weather the storm. So if you're in leadership and you're finding yourself firing off, you're finding yourself always concerned, always worried, always anxious, you've not mastered how to build relationships yet. That starts with love, knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, loving yourself, being at peace with who you are. That's where leadership starts. It starts in the heart, at home, not with your master's degree, not with your accounting exams. Those things qualify you to sit at the leadership table, but they won't keep you there. What keeps you there is that internal work you've done that you are stable in yourself. You know, I'm just super impressed the way you put all this together. Uh, because it really feels uh, very inspiring, Diana. And as you rightly mentioned, having a seat at the table just by your qualifications or experience, you know, it's just one step of leadership. But really being stable, so you really process emotions and you objectively think through as to what the next steps are and think from other people's perspectives. Uh, I think that comes with a lot of self-introspection, awareness and training. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad we have leaders like you who can help us really think through all of these. So tell us about the Academy of Women's Leadership. What does it do? How do you help leaders become great leaders, as you just rightly pointed out the process? And tell us a bit about the upcoming cohort as well. So it, this started in lockdown, so it's brand new. It's And it was born out of, I'm coaching, I'm coaching, I'm coaching one by one by one. There's got to be a better way. Of course, there's got to be. So that's where the school was born. And there's myself and what I call 12 female veterans of leadership. These women have led in challenging circumstances and have overcome. Between us, there's nearly 400 years of female leadership. So if, it has, if it's happened, one of us has experienced this. And it's, it, it deals with that intersection. You're competent. You're qualified but you're not completely, deeply confident of leadership. You're doing it, you've been a leader for a long time, but your heart still flutters, your stomach still twists. You're still worried about those conversations you've got to have with those difficult people. You're still trying to manage your boss, who's a real, you know, he's difficult, she's difficult. You don't know how to handle these things. So we bring not training like your masters or your degree or anything like that, those things, sort that out. You need those to, to qualify to come to leadership. We bring a curriculum that we've written, which deals with the heart of those issues that make women just, you know, look, I can't do it. That internal narrative. We smash that internal narrative. So, for example, one of the modules is managing difficult conversations with your boss or with your co-workers, with your team. Not just the theology, but the practicalities. So I teach you, say this, then say that, then you wait, then you say this. I teach you how to have those tough conversations with people that undermine you, with people on your team who are looking for your downfall, 
How do you have these conversations? How do you deal with being a woman and all that entails pregnancy, miscarriage, menstruation, motherhood, looking after elderly parents, caring for the home and children, and I wanna be a great leader. Why can't I have both? You can, but we teach you how to have both. The curriculum has been written by us, so if there's nothing like it in the whole world. And the commitment, because again, it's not an academic course, it's a life-changing course. The commitment, one Saturday a month for 90 minutes, that's it. But we step, the 12 veterans, we step into your life, you will never be alone again. You will not be isolated again. When we step in, we're like, it's like having 12 big sisters come onto the scene and we are your secret allies. We will show you, teach you, encourage you. By the time we finish with you, you'll be competent, qualified, but deeply confident. When you've got a woman that is competent and deeply confident, she is a powerhouse. Any leadership challenge that comes her way, she's able to deal with it. That kind of woman is unstoppable. Any woman in leadership can be like that. So that's what we do. So we take only 100 women a year, 50 starting October, 50 starting January. You can choose any of the veterans to be your personal coach and have personal sessions with them. And in January, we start the new cohorts. There's 50 places, but 15 have already gone. We've just started advertising. So there's 35 places left. And it's open to women across the world because it's completely online. You know, so we have women in Geneva, Malaysia, New York, online with us. But when we step into your life, everything changes. Everything changes. That's an amazing opportunity to learn from some of the best leaders out here. Now tell me this, Diana, have you ever felt a low moment in your career as a woman of color in leadership? And how do you navigate such moments in your life? Oh, gosh. <laughs> low, not moment, low seasons. You know, whole big chunks of time where I felt like an imposter. Like, how did I get promoted to this level? I, I can't do it. I can't tell anyone. I felt, no, I felt I was undermined by people on my team. I was undermined and I was plotted against and people made it their mission to take me down as the leader. Um, I had times where I, I wasn't up to the job. I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't know enough. I was just facing challenge after challenge and it was overwhelming. What do I do? I'm a woman of faith, so I prayed a lot. But I'm also a woman that I network now. I did it before. I used to think network was a waste of time. And I, I was so busy doing my job, I didn't have time to talk to anyone network. But I found the power in speaking to allies. The power in speaking to others who may not be exactly like you, that's not the point. They have insight, especially from a different narrative, from a different perspective, that helped me to widen and see what was really going on. When you're able to look up from your hell hole of a situation 
and see an ally over there. There's someone over there, here worldwide, and I can get to them and talk and listen, sit at the feet of elders and listen to what they're saying and then start to plot a different way through this difficult circumstance. And I say this, you know, to your, your listeners, seek allies. Do not do leadership on your own. That's when problems start. And when you feel embarrassed to tell someone, I'm struggling, don't tell everyone, don't tell the team that, you know, that, that is undermining that you're struggling, but find a coach, find an ally, find someone outside the organization altogether. Email, talk, Zoom. I'm struggling. I need support. The day I took on board that Diana Osagi needs support and I went and looked for it and I, I, I wouldn't stop until I got it, things began to change. That's amazing. And having allies who are invested in your success, you know, be it a leadership coach or a mentor, that's very critical. So thanks for sharing your insights as a woman of color, having a seat at the table and empowering fellow women to succeed as well. I want to give a quick chance to our, any of our listeners to see if they have any questions for Diana. Here's a chance to ask her those. Absolutely. I have a fun rapid fire round for you, uh, Diana. Okay. <laughs> So you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following, role model. Michelle Obama. Okay, and she's big on podcasts now, so. Yeah, definitely Michelle Obama, yeah. That's awesome. What does happiness mean to you? Freedom, I think. I'm happy when I'm free from stress, free from worry, and if I've got money or not, it doesn't matter. As long as I'm free in my mind, I'm happy. That's a great way to look at life and be grateful towards yeah, the yeah, that we have. That liberty of thoughts just to just be who I am, be myself, and just to not have to pretend to be anyone else. That's happiness to me. What is one fun thing about Diana which you haven't shared with anybody else but exclusive to our Career Startup podcast? Oh list? goodness. <laughs> um, I love kickboxing. I love UFC, you know, UFC's Ultimate Fighting Championship, MMA, fighting. You are, <laughs> you are an awesome woman or a different kind, I should say. It's a very random thing, but I love MMA boxing. I, absolutely, I love boxing. I love those um, combat sports. So that, that that's, <laughs> that's a good thing. And what else? I am very good at looking after babies. Hey, randomly, I just am. <laughs> Nurturing relationships, right? Yeah, it's all that's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing the standard insights about who Diana is. One last question. What okay. is your native language and one word to describe yourself in that language? My native language is English and the word that describes me is courageous. And that exactly I'm comes always, up. always, always up for, up for the fight, up for the, the challenge. I, I will take it on. And that sums up who Diana is. She's the courageous leadership coach. I think it's a good time to show us the book that you've authored, oh. Leadership. Ta -da. <laughs> That's available. That's available on Amazon. So if you just search my name and the title, you can pick that up. And to our listeners, it's a wonderful book, Courageous Leadership. It just It's a powerhouse of energy, just like who Diana is as the person. Her book is a good reflection of 
mm-hmm. her personality as well. So you would never feel alone as part no, of you won't feel alone. It is written in a very honest, truthful, warts and all way. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Diana. Such a pleasure having you on the show. Do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners? Oh, I just want to say thank you. I mean, thank you. But you've been a, a gracious host, a wonderful host. It's been great talking to you. And just to say, you know, thank you for the work that you're doing in you know podcasting and spreading this word and, and getting allies to talk with the communities that you're serving and that's that's really important because we it's a global thing but you know we're still literally our one big family and, and bringing those allies together so thank you very much for doing that that's that's um, an important um societal role that you're filling there so now i'll just encourage people to definitely subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode because this is episode 49 Yes, so episode 50 is coming up so you have your big party or something so i'm going to subscribe to this show i don't miss that myself but you know the, the curry up startup podcast it's, it's just the pleasure to have podcasts that are positive but useful you know and I, i'd encourage people to, to sign up to, to subscribe i mean you're on every platform going i'm sure so doesn't matter where you are in the world you know you've got allies right here in priyanka and in this podcast so start here start building your ally network Thank you so much Diana for those kind and humble words and it's the feedback like this that drives me to continue to bring world class leaders and allies to my listeners so we can learn and grow together in this process so thank you so much Diana and to our listeners three key takeaways with our career starter podcast with Diana Swaggy leadership coach from London one self awareness is critical so you understand what your signature strengths are and to follow the philosophy of always thinking of leadership as a journey where you have allies as part of the process and three have fun because yes. talked about not letting for example poverty or circumstances be a limiting belief you know think beyond it and enjoy your life the way it is and design your life i think controlling and owning yeah. what your life could be is very important for us especially amidst covid and all the other sentiments that come along with you know such a pandemic uh, those are amazing takeaways and you know as a bonus takeaway follow the self compassion challenge be it for a week or for 28 days and you know let me and diana know uh, by connecting with us and sharing your thoughts on how that self compassion challenge has made you a better person and i'm definitely going to take on that uh, diana and i'll report back to you as well Fantastic. Oh, it's been great having you. Thank you for having me. Thanks Diana and to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We are going to celebrate our milestone 50th episode with a special guest uh, that's going to come up on Sunday, so continue to stay tuned. And it's been an amazing journey and I want to thank each one of our guests and our listeners for making us reach 49 episodes in less than 15 months since we started our podcasting journey. Uh, again, Career Up Startup Podcast is a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs. C-suite executives, leaders, and allies like Diana, who provide insights and wisdom from their personal journey to inspire you. This is your host Priyanka Komla signing off. Until then, stay tuned by subscribing to us on LinkedIn Live for our notifications by following me, Priyanka Komla, or our Career Startup Podcast page. Follow us on YouTube and Twitter at Pod Startup or your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Mm-hmm.